0: they're drinking and they're partying and having
1: lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with the smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachts get to play. Yo, ho, nilly, oh, yo, yo, oh, yo. We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Bravo! Hey guys, welcome back for another gangplank report. Bravo decided to call this episode, and thank you, Mad Morris, for pointing it out, that we screwed up last week and said it was episode four, It's it was episode three, this is episode four, oopsie sleazy is what we've decided to call it, they called it Oopsie Daisy, and Jen, I thought your idea was also brilliant.
0: I was going to call it Chuck Roast, because I thought that Rhett roasted him pretty well last night.
1: <laughs> Red is definitely the hero we didn't know we needed
0: yes exactly i saw your tweet about that and it made me laugh
1: (laughs) (laughs) and here is jen for your rapid recap
0: okay so chuck's meltdown required captain glenn to step in and calm the chuck down cindy got bronzer all over the white couch at the beach picnic, things almost came to blows between Chuck and Rhett when Chuck called Janelle a B-word. Cindy fell in the water on the beach and all Erica cared about was her phone. Marcos basically scalped himself in the fridge and was still focused on knocking out the dinner. Janelle left the dinner early to get away from Chuck and Erica and missed out on Cindy giving the most cringe Marilyn performance ever. Oh, that was so bad. Oh, so bad. We got the most heinous tip in the history of Below Deck at $6,500, which we're going to talk about a little deeper after the recap, because it makes zero sense to me. The crew goes on a night out and you think that Ashley's going to be with Gary based on what happens right after dinner. And before you know it, Ashley is with Tom in a guest cabin and Gary is with Daisy in a hot tub. And we're all left reeling, waiting for the aftermath next week. And that's your wrap to recap. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So
1: in the interest of full disclosure here, I have a feeling that we are going to run a little bit longer than usual because even without the extra 15 minutes on this episode,
0: there was so much content to talk about. It really was, yeah.
1: It was a good
0: episode. As much as I hate these people, and I shouldn't say hate, that's awful, but as much as I cannot stand these primaries, it was a good episode, and there was a good mix of things that kept me interested. I'm loving this season so far. Despite the bad guests, I still feel like it's a good season.
1: I think these bad guests are part of what make this a good season. Yeah, good point. I don't want to have a lot of that, right? but- a little bit sprinkled in here and there isn't a bad thing because it's yeah. entertaining to watch the crew overcome those challenges. I think. I think so too. Yeah, and watching all of this play out, you know, the first I've got almost a full page of notes on this episode, but one of the first things that happened was Colin and Glenn both reacting to the man child that is Chuck Roast. Right. And I think we should just call him Chuck Roast. Chuck Roast. Okay. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know Colin making the comment about Chuck roast liking a happy meal or like comparing everything to McDonald's food and then Glenn just saying you know have some class people like right. you know he tried to mitigate the situation to the best of his ability and I think it was handled really well under the circumstances I don't think he could have done any better because I have been through charters like this where mm-hmm. people are just not pleasable Right. And it's still to this day, the worst charter that I've ever had was that Hungarian charter I told you about where I knew no matter what I did after the second meal, that that woman was not going to be happy. Right. And she was going to treat me poorly because that's her entire shtick in life. Right. Is to be miserable and make everyone else around her miserable. And I had that woman's parents come up to me a multitude of times on that trip and apologize to me for her behavior because they were so embarrassed about the way that she was treating me and the stewardess. Mm-hmm. But there are people like that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, and we'll get to the tip part later, but it happens. And yeah. it happens in restaurants. It happens in every customer service outlet imaginable. It just sucks that it happened to this crew
0: because I like them. Yeah, me too. It was funny. One of the other things that Colin said was that Chuck had the taste buds of a billy goat. And <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> there was a lot of really good one-liners
1: in this entire thing. There were. But one of the things that stuck out to me that somebody else pointed out, I think on Twitter, maybe Reddit, the whole conversation that happened with Rhett on the phone, right. where he was talking to somebody external of the situation. And I thought that that was just brilliant editing that they put that in there.
0: Yeah, I did too. I really enjoyed watching, and I wonder, because at one point, Rhett said to Janelle, I didn't think I'd ever meet anybody worse than me, and I wonder if now seeing kind of a mirror image of himself, if he's going to tone back how he treats people in life, because he doesn't want people thinking of him the way he's thinking of Chuck. You know what I mean? It might be a growth experience for Rhett, where he's just going to be the best tipper and the nicest guy for the rest of his life because of going on this trip with Chuck.
1: Well, and isn't that an awesome growing experience? (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. it, It takes the example of someone else's terrible behavior for you to realize that maybe you have a bit of that going
0: on yourself. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Chuck is just, he's okay. Let's get into a little bit before we get on with the show, a little bit of the Instagram thing that oh. happened last week. After if we have to, yes. After the one that you had sent me that got deleted, they decided to do another Instagram. And the new narrative from, and they tried to beneferize themselves and call themselves Cherica, which, no not happening (laughs) i'm not doing it so with chuck roast and the blonde they got on there and erica made the point of saying that chuck roast was a theater major in college and then he gets on later and says that why do you think my lines were so perfect that was all rehearsed i was there to entertain you And my thing with this is there would be a possibility of that being true because we know people ham it up for the cameras, but were it true in this case, who was he trying to entertain on the plane when he got kicked off? There were no cameras except for that lovely Reddit user that taped Cindy getting kicked off. (laughs) There were no cameras and no people to entertain there. So I'm not buying it. We ended up doing a poll on it so we could see what you guys thought. If you thought, (laughs) I didn't really give you many options (laughs) to disagree with us and our opinion on it. But the poll we put up was that Chuck had said on IG he was acting this way on the show for our entertainment. Do you believe him? And the three options we gave were, doubtful no way and held to the no and held to the no one with 66.5 percent of the votes no way got 26.9 and doubtful got 6.6 6. so doubtful was the closest to maybe he was and only 6.6 percent of y'all thought that so I think we're all pretty much on the same page that they are reeling. I noticed today Erica's got her comments turned off. I didn't really look for her comments last week, so I don't know if they've always been off, but Chuck's account is private and her comments are off, so we can't really sound off directly to them, so we'll just have to continue to sound off here, but we can go back to the show. Sorry, it just drove me nuts that they were saying that.
1: Well, because we know that not to be true. And we know the show not to be scripted. And I think people like this like to perpetuate lies like that, myths about the show like that, because it gives them an excuse for their already egregious behavior. And therein lies the difference is that that's not the case. We know it not to be the case. We know that the show isn't scripted. I'm not that good of an actress. Nobody else on that show is either. It's just an excuse for their behavior. And I'm not shocked that her comments are turned off because if I was her, they would be too, (laughs) you know? (laughs) You can try to justify what you've done in as many ways as you can say it and in as many languages as you know but it doesn't really make a difference because everybody sees who you are and that's on you. I don't get it.
0: Agreed. Yeah. But I don't think that the apple falls far from the tree with her because we saw Cindy sit on that lovely white couch with bronzer all over. And you can see, they actually did a flashback. You can see her sitting on the stain and where she's moved a little to the side yeah so you can see part of the stain underneath her so you know that it's her and she went into complete denial well I didn't even sit on the couch you know (laughs) it's like it's on camera how do you not
1: know that this is all being filmed perpetually astounds me that people say stuff like that yeah I have been through situations on boats where things like that happen too. And sometimes it is a genuine accident. I mean, you can't account for everything. And I had somebody that had sunscreen that had tint to it. And I don't think they realized how much tint was in it. And that ended up staining one of our lounge chairs, our outside like deck chairs.
0: Yeah. And
1: we know it wasn't intentional, but it's still damage to the boat. And it's still something that... Somebody's got to pay for along the way. Right. Whether it's a professional carpet cleaning company, because we've had to do that before after guests made a mess. You know, if it's very clear. Cause this, I think is something that a couple of people were talking about on Twitter and somebody had asked me some damage is normal. Like we right. expect that sunscreen on some level, like regular sunscreen will make oil marks on things. And we try to mitigate that as much as possible, i.e. putting down towels mm-hmm. so that it catches that, but there are still some things that will damage fabrics, very expensive fabrics, by the way, on those boats and somebody's got to pay for it and it's not going to be the owner if it's something that a guest blatantly did right so she can deny it all she wants to I thought she had a lot of nerve telling the other guests on the boat that they needed to help pay for it I love that Janelle stood up for herself
0: though and she was like no because we didn't do that I think Janelle had just had it at that point I agree. I agree. But I think we ought to see about getting Vanish to sponsor the podcast because that seemed to do a pretty good job on getting that stain out. I'm going to go out and buy some Vanish now. (laughs) I don't actually
1: even know what that is or where to find
0: it. So it's an Oxy cleaning stain remover. They have all different levels of it. They have rust remover, degreaser, ah, and then they have like a laundry stain remover too. I Googled it because that's what I do. I wasn't sure if it was something that was popular in the med because there's a
1: lot of cleaners like Carbona. I don't know if you've ever heard of Carbonas, like the little bottles. Mm -hmm. Those are huge in Europe and they just finally started coming over here. I mean, I can find them in Fort Lauderdale and stuff like that now, but for the longest time you couldn't find them anywhere in the States. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I found it on Amazon and Walmart was one of the listings too. So, okay. I will be looking for Vanish because with a 4-year-old grandson, you need stain removers. So, onto the beach. Can I ask you a quick question? The canopy tent that they set up. Don't those normally come with their own covers that go along with it? Yes. Okay. So the tarp thing is not normal, right? No. Okay. I didn't know why they were improvising with that because it really did look bad. I thought it was great of Tom to try and make it look better. That showed some initiative on his part. He seems to be having some self-awareness moments throughout this episode. But when I saw that, I was just like, everyone I've ever seen always has a cover to it. It's not just the frame.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, there's a couple of things that could have happened there. It could have been damage of some kind that happened to the tarp, it could have been, I mean, it could have been a lot of things, but yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible that something happened to that. Yeah. And that's why they had to improvise because there was a big tear in it or something. Right.
0: Well, they need to remember duct tape comes in handy everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dad used to call it West Virginia Chrome. It fixes everything and it would have looked way better than the tarp, especially if it was on top. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I was expecting Chuck to be more critical of the food again at the beach picnic than he actually was. And when the fight erupted, it wasn't about what I had assumed in my head it would be about. I thought he was going to start another theatrical thing like he had done after the omelet. And it ended up being a random thing about ice cubes in New York, which I've only ever been to upstate New York. So I don't know that they don't serve ice in New York. Is that a thing? I know you go more than I have.
1: I mean, not that I've ever noticed. I mean, look, I try to tune out anything that guy says because I feel like everything's going to make me angry. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Basically, he was just saying he was going to complain until he got his way. And Rhett told him that if he did that in New York, he was going to end up getting punched in in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And how that got flipped on Janelle, I don't know, unless Chuck realizes that Rhett is much bigger than him and would beat him up. So he picks on the one that he could maybe have a shot with in a fight. Because <laughs> her husband's not going to defend her honor, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably because Chuck wouldn't defend Erica's honor. Maybe that's his logic in that. But the whole thing, it did get kind of tense. And when Rhett came over and said, did you just call my wife a B-word? And he just sat there and denied it. And then Erica threw him under the bus when she went back over. And was like, well, yeah, because Chanel said not nice things about him. And <laughs> Rhett was like, no, that's not what happened. This is what happened. I don't know how long this marriage is going to last. I think it's a marriage made in the depths of, you know, where so it might (laughs) last, but neither one of them will defend the other one at all. It's just, it's the weirdest relationship to me because She was ready to throw Chuck under the bus. And then Cindy fell in the water. She did not even help her mom back up. I don't know how old Cindy is. So it may not be the gap that there is with me and my mom. But if my mom fell in the water, I'd offer her a hand and help her up and not be worried about my phone.
1: That's because you're a normal, thoughtful individual. And that is not the kind of people we're
0: dealing with. That's true. That's true crazy.
1: You have to take normalcy and normal social interactions and thoughtfulness out of this equation. True. Stop beating yourself up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is so foreign to me. They're like aliens in my world. I don't get it.
1: <laughs> so I want to talk about the menu situation for this last dinner. Mm-hmm. I was first of all poor Marcos cuz mm-hmm. yeah. I mean I understand why he's doing it because he wants to complete this charter with hopefully a high note. And if these people are all over the map with their menu requests, then I get why he did what he did. And I probably would have done exactly the same thing. I would have bitched about it. But for what it's worth, I get why he did what he did. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of that stuff went together, but when the producer had that sidebar with him in his one-on-one interview and said, what restaurant is this like? And he said nothing. I actually thought of one that it's like, and it's like Cheesecake Factory Okay, where they have a 58 page menu and (laughs) everything is all over the map and there's Asian fusion and Italian and steak. And the only thing that I thought of or a Vegas buffet, Mm -hmm. I guess, which is basically what this was. Poor guy.
0: Yeah, I thought Golden Corral or Old Country Buffet. My dad was huge on buffets because he had very simple tastes like I do. And so you could get all different kinds of simple things. But the fact that they wanted what was it crispy tuna rice i i don't remember what she said it was yeah it was a tuna and crispy rice i think is what she said which must be a restaurant dish from somewhere that i'm unfamiliar with okay so when she said the tuna and crispy rice and then she said spaghetti with marinara sauce i just laughed because when my family because i don't do the seafood when my family would order these big plates of seafood when we'd visit my sister and her family in Virginia, we would go to like Chesapeake Bay area. (laughs) I was forever getting spaghetti and marinara because I didn't eat anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt like that's the only level I bonded with Chuck on is that he was the one eating the spaghetti and sauce (laughs) so bad. I'm embarrassed about it though. And I don't think he's capable of embarrassment. So,
1: (laughs) I mean, he's probably capable of it. We just haven't
0: seen it. True. I would like to know what makes him ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) I would be curious. That is the $64,000 question. What can make Chuck shameful? Oh, but speaking of Marcos, his poor head. Oh my gosh. That was so much worse than even the previews. The music they were playing in the background, everything. I was so tense and my whole body was stiff as I'm watching this. And when Glenn said his first impression was that Marcos was going to be out for the season, I was like, please, no, I need him. I need him here. And you could tell he was in pain and he just bucked up and still knocked that dinner out. He is a magical unicorn chef and I love him. (laughs) I agree. And I
1: think that having to overcome adversity in situations like this is a big deal. And I think that somebody like him that's been through as much real life, not on charter adversity, it just kind of shows what kind of a human that he is and what a team player he is.
0: And I love that. That's an excellent point. I hadn't even juxtaposed it with his life experience So this is kind of a blip, like for me, it would knock me out and I'd be like, okay, I can't go on, but you're right with his life experience, it makes more sense, but he does just have, like you said, that huge strength of character and he really is a team player and he loves that they're team players and he's really happy about the experience he's having because I guess, and you would know this, that it's not necessarily that common to have people rallying around you and helping you. Do you find that?
1: I mean, very definitely after the trauma bonding that I did with the stewardess and the captain on the trip that I did with the Hungarian people, Mm -hmm. it was one of those things where we all just kind of patted each other on the back for the hard work that we did do and lifted each other up. And one of the great things that I saw on this episode was everybody sitting around at that post-charter dinner just saying Marcos you did a great job like forget those people the other team building exercise that I saw wasn't necessarily a trust fall but them and probably one of the most comedic scenes that we have seen so far this season was everybody being like drunk for paramedics (laughs) trying to fix his head (laughs) oh my god that was so great with the saran wrap I got a couple screenshots of that (laughs) that that I'll have to send you (laughs) because it was hilarious it was just wonderful and I thought everybody being that supportive and even Glenn in the tip meeting saying Marcos you really did a great job I was there for that dinner it was amazing I don't know what's wrong with these people so I think getting on to the tip part of it Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but my mouth fell open. I mean, we got some pretty crappy tips on the first season, but I think that's before people knew what a bunch of arseholes they were going to look like for not tipping us well. Right. And since then people have, they've put a minimum on it, which is to my knowledge, $15,000, which is prepaid into right. their charter fees before they even step foot on the boat. So the only thing that really makes any sense to me at all in this is that when you do a charter, mm-hmm. the charter broker gets the fee for the charter booking, right? Gets the um, the rental fee, basically. Okay. And then that goes to the owner or the management company or whatever. The advanced provisioning allowance, which we call the APA, goes to the boat because they need to be able to buy gas, dockage, booze, food, all those little party supplies, whatever it is that we need for the trip. Mm-hmm. There's a percentage based on the charter rental fee that is sent to the boat in advance, hence advanced. Yeah, And then whatever's left over of that cash, mm-hmm. usually it's cash, whatever's left over of that normally goes towards the tip on top of the 15%. Okay. So if Glenn pulled them aside and said, you know, there's damage to this couch, we're going to need that to come out of the APA, then it's entirely possible. I mean, I can't imagine that he would charge them that much.
0: Right. No, especially not when the vanish seemed to be working on the second time around. But that wasn't until after they left. That's true. So who
1: knows if they had to get a professional upholstery cleaning company in there to do something about it. And that could have cost easily in Europe a couple hundred dollars, but Mm -hmm. that still doesn't make up the difference between 15,000 and 6,500.
0: Right. A lot of the theories were when you saw Chuck sitting there at the table, fanning through the money where that Chuck took it.
1: That wouldn't surprise me, but- I was doing a little bit of rabbit holing on Reddit and apparently there's somebody that knows the inner workings of this situation, this particular one. Okay. And all the other guests had paid to the roses, their share of the tip and the rest of the expenses. Mm -hmm. And it didn't filter out from
0: them. Really. Yes. That does not surprise me. What does surprise me is that Bravo allowed it because we've talked to enough charter guests now to know that they had to pay that 15 grand ahead of time and anything they put on top of it is their choice, which is why the minimum we've ever seen since they implemented that prepayment is 15 and usually we'll see 17. And sometimes, if it's a really good one, we get into the 20s. But I don't see how they don't intervene saying, wait a minute, the minimum is 15,000. Where's the other eight, five? Right. And <laughs> you were supposed to prepay ahead of time. That I don't get. And I don't know if that's why we saw him fanning through the money, if they did that on purpose to show this isn't us or what it is. Apparently Bravo
1: called the guests after they went back to the hotel and said, you didn't leave enough tip money. And they said, we absolutely did. The roses kept
0: it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The thievery of it all. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. I hope that that was enough of a push that Bravo never has these disgusting human beings on again.
1: Well, for sure. And the same commenter said, a typical guest pays a dollar amount to be in the show. This cost includes the tip up front. Mm -hmm. The little birdies said the roses negotiated their costs so that they can pay a tip in cash separately on this season. And look what happened. Huh? Okay. Because normally, by the way, it's the same envelope of cash that continues to get recycled. Right. Because there's not a lot of people that are going to fly internationally because you have to declare it to a boat in the Mediterranean with a fistful of cash.
0: We should have checked it for bronzer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Print that envelope. I want Interpol involved. I want. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: But I mean, it makes sense that they would tell people just wire us the money and we can distribute it to the crew. But in order to keep up appearances and have the whole thing make sense and continue to stick with the storyline, they would have to have some kind of cash on hand because a receipt of a wire transfer is not exciting. Yeah, it's not the same as a wad of cash.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But they definitely bolted off the dock. They didn't even turn around when Glenn did the horn, which everybody always does. And they just kept walking. So the whole thing is very shady. These primaries are shady. Janelle and Rhett are welcome to come back and I will welcome them with open arms. Same. But I don't ever want to see Cindy, Erica, or Chuck roast again.
1: Yeah, I agree. And speaking of Cindy, I think it was Cindy. It was one of those where you hear the quote, but you don't see who says it mm-hmm. kind of situations. But somebody was like, I'm so proud of us for not being mean girls. Again that was Cindy. Trip.
0: It was oh Cindy. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Rhett's eyes bug out of his head when she said that?
1: <laughs> so good.
0: It was so good. He was the best. He was so good through the whole thing. <laughs> he made the show for me. But yeah, they're awful. And don't let the passerelle hit you where the good Lord split you. We don't want to see you again.
1: Oh, for sure. Well, and one quick thing that we did not end up talking about yet mm-hmm. is the Marilyn Monroe. Impression.
0: Oh, God, do we have to?
1: We do. We do. It's so bad. So bad. Oh, she's just. I just don't understand what the point of that was.
0: Just because she really thinks she was embodying it. I think she is kind of a flake ball anyway. And I really think she thought she was doing a good job. And (laughs) I was cringing. Gary was cringing the fact that captain glenn sat there through it and didn't get a full-on shiver and wretch in his mouth i'm proud of dry heaving yeah poor guy oh my gosh so so bad And the whole decades thing by the way this is random what in the heck was on daisy's head through that what was that hairstyle supposed to be no idea was it supposed to be an afro i don't know but it wasn't because gabby had the afro on and it looked like an afro and it looked good i don't know what hers was if it was supposed to be some 80s hairband thing but it looked like a dude wig for one (laughs) it It looked like a wig that had been worn in the hot tub
1: after gary and Daisy (laughs) were in it
0: Quite like abused. Awesome so let's get to that. Let's get to this crazy dinner. And I mean, not too much happened at the dinner. Daisy, I will say, and I'm probably going to get grief from listeners for this. I am not too thrilled with Daisy's management at the moment. I don't think that it was necessary for her to bring up in the tip meeting that they can come to her to bring that up in front of everybody else she can take Ashley and Gabby aside at any time. Marcos gave her the heads up that there's some tension going on. And Ashley legitimately did not do what she was supposed to do, which was make the juice for breakfast the next morning. And so it wasn't like it was an ego thing from Gabby. And I don't know if Gabby's not being vocal enough about where Ashley's falling short because she's trying to be a team player. But watching Daisy lump Gabby in with this, like it's an ego thing, is really frustrating as a viewer. Yeah. And her not sitting them down, she talked to Gabby at dinner, but I haven't seen her have that kind of one on one with Ashley. And it seems very Ashley instigated to me. And it could just be that I don't like Ashley, but even with Ashley's little backstory, and I know you tweeted oh my about God. that last eye night. Roll. Q eye roll. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the most tragic thing that happened in your life. Okay. <laughs> I posted
1: that on Twitter last night. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this minor backstory. I I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying what you're selling. Right. And one of my friends on Twitter was like, what did I miss? You mean her sister being a hoe? That's her tragic story. <laughs> and I was like,
0: yep, that's it. Yeah. It did not garner sympathy from me. And she was even self-aware enough to say, you know, I think it's me, but there's nothing I can do about it. Which again, this whole I'm mature versus you're immature thing that she keeps putting out there. That's a very immature perspective to think that you can't change a bad characteristic about yourself, especially if you're aware of it. There are some people who are absolutely oblivious to their faults. So them changing it, is difficult she knows what it is and she's not changing it because it works for her until it doesn't right if you're going to be that way though own it right no I agree with you it's very
1: disappointing because you obviously hope that people will grow and learn from their mistakes but I think per the attention that she's getting for this that that is not her end game no
0: To watch Gary and her make out right after dinner and then go back to the boat and everything flipped on a dime. And all of a sudden she's all over Tom. I don't know if she's all over Tom. I mean, we watched her polish off. Was that Patron? I think Mm -hmm. that she was polishing off on the side of the hot tub. I don't know if she was seeing a lot of the Gary Daisy interaction and just decided to throw in the towel or what the deal was, but it just seemed like a whiplash 180 to me.
1: Girl has some self-esteem issues.
0: Yeah. For how she puts off that she thinks that she's the shiznit, she definitely needs external validation from men. So I think you're right.
1: Yeah. It's... Disappointing on some level because I want to be all women's empowerment and, you know, do what works for you and stuff like that. But it's very clear that she's got some issues going on related to whether it's romantic rejection or whatever it is. And I'm not a doctor, so I'm not diagnosing, I'm just making observations and basing it on some of the other things I've witnessed in my life. I mean, I really think that she she needs clinical help for what she's got going on.
0: Yeah. It's almost like she's reliving that situation with her sister to where her sister took all of these guys she liked. And so now she's going to be the one to take every guy to show that she was better than her. It's just weird, bizarre. I don't get it. Sad. It's sad. Yeah. And the Gary Daisy thing was very uncomfortable for me ever since we talked to Jason last week. And he brought up their brother-sister dynamic. It's hard not to hear the banjos when that (laughs) happens. (laughs) It was just kind of oogie and I don't know. So I have a captain
1: that I work with who is actually the flower boy, man, human, flower person Mm -hmm. in my wedding. And we have a relationship a lot like that. We have never hooked up Mm -hmm. and it's, I'm perfectly okay with that because the thought of it actually makes me want to gag, but It's the kind of thing where you can build, especially after you work with somebody season on season, you can build kind of that sibling-like bond because I've never had a brother. So Mm -hmm. that's the closest thing I'm going to get. And we joke all the time, like I'm the older sister you never wanted kind of thing. (laughs) And that's exactly what I see with them. So when I saw them making out, I have to admit that a little bit of my own personal bias came in and I started gagging too, because- that would be the, the equivalent of Paul and I doing that. And I just can't.
0: I yeah. Can't. Yeah. No. Tiffany was- knows. <laughs> 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 Tiffany's
1: we- worked with both of us. So she knows what our, re- our relationship is like and how much
0: the thought of making out with Paul would make me gag. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, it was not pleasant to watch. We both watch, watch what happens live last night because we were texting back and forth during it. And I wasn't sure if they were still together or not. So I've been kind of reserving judgment. I really don't like to spoil a season by learning too much. I don't follow cast members' social media in the off season, because I don't want it to be blown for me. I'm the kind of person who, if I already know what's going to happen, I'm not as interested and invested in it. So I've stayed away from that. So I didn't know if they were still a couple, but apparently no. Oh, I can't even with Andy,
1: with all yeah. of this. I just, he has gotten so foul mm-hmm. to me with yeah. the games that he brings up. Like, I don't need to know about Gary's balls. Right. Right. I just don't (laughs) and his
0: schlong game and the whole rest of it when you texted that to me I was in bed and I was holding back my laughter and trying not to wake up John at the same
1: time (laughs) so gross so over the top and unnecessary is really what it boils down to and it's disappointing that that's what we have to like yeah Mm -hmm. annoying it's annoying and gross Yeah, and it makes me feel like he thinks that we're all just as childish as he is.
0: Yeah, I really thought that once he had been, that he would grow out of that, but it seems to be getting worse, and I don't know if he thinks that his audience isn't aging, that we're all Peter Pans like him, but no, it's uncomfortable to watch, and his ratings reflect it, so there you go. (laughs) That's my little burn on Andy. Other than that, though, that pretty much wraps it up and we'll have to see how the day after pans out with all of the hookups and who has remorse, who doesn't have remorse. If I was Daisy, I'd have major remorse.
1: You know, yes and no. I mean, if your friendship is good enough that it doesn't matter and you can get through it, then I would say no harm, no foul with that. Right. But Will it make things more awkward with her team? Because we see previews of Gabby hooking up with Gary. We see previews of Ashley again, hooking up with Gary. I think, is that the dynamic that suffers? Yeah. Because of that choice, not necessarily their friendship or anything about it. I would say, is there a team dynamic that suffers because of that decision?
0: I have a feeling that she is going to do much like she did last night and blame it on the alcohol and let's pretend like it didn't happen is how I feel like it's going to go. We'll see though. You never know. Well,
1: I'm very excited about our super fan interview this week. Yes. Um, Please, if you have any questions or anything below deck related or boating related that you have for us, hit us up on Instagram
0: or Twitter, or our email address. Mm -hmm. GangplankReport at gmail.com. We are happy to answer any of your questions and would love to have you on if you're interested in being a super fan. So hit us up for that. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Like I always say, it does help us out. And we will catch you tomorrow for the super fan interview. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye special thanks to our friends who helped us create gangplank report down below music and lyrics by angel tweeter frail and terry abbott performed by laurel isle florida production assistance by michael Castaneda. super fan intro by blind Lawrence. cast off me hearties